And we're actually going to read all of chapter 1 and half of chapter 2. Because chapter 1 is so short and the thought continues on through, through chapter 2. So 1 John chapter 1. We're going to read through verse, chapter 2 verse 11. This is what John writes. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and in our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the word of life the life appeared we have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and has appeared to us we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ we write this to make our joy complete This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing, and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light, but hates his brother, is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded him. Well, tonight we're going to talk, as John talks about, darkness and light. And I learned uh, quite a bit about light back when I was in college, especially during the summers. Not because I took a class on light at all, but because I worked in the Fine Arts Center at Calvin College uh, for their summer crew. And we took care of all the conferences that came through. And, and every year I worked there, during the summer, there was one group that came to the Fine Arts Center. It was, it was a local dance studio. And for a week, they rented out the Fine Arts Center, and they'd practice all week long, and then, and then they'd have their dance recitals. And my job for those weeks, eight hours a day, was to be up in the catwalks, way up in the ceiling, 
with a railing only this high. And I had to hug a follow spot and follow those dancers everywhere they went on stage. 3,000 watts of light beaming down on these little kids dancing on stage. And for some of them, it was awesome. They, they let the spotlight came on and they loved it. They danced well and, and they were in their glory. For others who didn't know how to dance so well, that spotlight wasn't their friend. Because we're taught that you follow that dancer wherever she goes and whatever she does. You never give up. And so as things went poorly, the light just blazed all the brighter. As they ran off stage, it just followed them right off stage, right? The light was not their friend for some of them. John talks a lot about light here in the opening of his book. It's an image that he uses often in all of his writings. Um, and it's interesting when you, when you reflect on John as a writer, John is, is an artist with his writing. He's very creative. He, he, he's a master with images and pictures in your mind. He, he's really kind of the opposite of, of Paul, who's, who's more logical, more like a mathematician, right? When you read Paul's writings, you, you get a nice, clean you know, outline, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, Except for his run-on sentences, which get kind of messy. But, but he organizes and he lays out logically. John's just the opposite. John's, John is creative. He, you have to think, I think of John like, like someone who, who throws ideas into a pond. Like you throw a rock into the pond. And the ripples start going out. And, and then he throws another idea in. And, and the ripples kind of mix together. And the pictures and the images kind of, kind of flow together. Um, that's John. And probably the biggest rock that John drops into, into his books and watches the ripples go around and shape what he writes is this image of, of light, right? Verse 5 that we just read there, he, he dives in there again. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. The same way he starts his gospel, right? The book of John, he says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it, right? He throws that rock into the, the pond of his, his writings often. But tonight I want, to, want us to start by asking the simple question, what does it mean that he says God is light? I mean, we read that often, we know that, that's not a new phrase, but have we ever really thought about what it means that God is light? All the different ways that that, all the different ripples that that could entail? You, know, it, it, you could read it at a very simple level. God's being is somehow a form of light, right? God is light. And there's glimpses of God's appearance in the scripture that, that would affirm that, right? When Moses met God on the top of Mount Sinai, you know, he didn't get to see him. He, he, well, he glanced at God's back as he walked past, and we don't know exactly what he saw, but he came down from the mountain. Remember, he had to wear a veil over his face because he glowed so brightly. I would guess that there was a bright light of God's presence that glowed in, in Mo, with, with Moses there. Isaiah is transported up to heaven, right, in a vision. And, and it's, he writes that there, all the seraphs and the angels were covering their eyes because of the brightness of God. And then you have Paul in the New Testament. Remember, he's riding his horse to Damascus. And what is it that knocks him off of his horse? It's a bright light. And from that light, Jesus speaks to him. And so, so you could say, okay, God is light. He's, his being is somehow a form of light. But I think John's talking about a little bit more than just that literal understanding. 
It's, it's a term for John, another ripple of God is light. It's, it's a symbolic meaning to that word, right? It, it shows up all, again, all the time in scripture, this, this symbolism from the word, of, word light. Um, in the Old Testament, Psalm 27 talks about the salvation light that God provides for us. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That that light that that gives us salvation, that gives us protection, that keeps us safe. Or Psalm 119 talks about the light that safely guides our path as we live our lives. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And John's image here is even brighter. It's even broader. Right? He, he's talking here that the symbolic meaning is, is that there's light in this world and there is darkness in this world. There's cosmic forces that oppose each other in this world. And on this side, the side of light, you have God, the source of all goodness, the source of all holiness. And, and just as light radiates from the sun, so, John says, God radiates this goodness, radiates this holiness into this dark world. And, and, and God's goodness, the, the light of his goodness, does battle with the darkness, does battle with the evil. It drives it away. Right? Just, like, just like you flip a light switch, the light comes on and instantly the dark is driven away, right? It's light and dark doing battle against each other. So, John says, the light of God's goodness, the light of God's holiness drives the darkness of evil away. So God is light. He is that source of goodness, that source of all that is right. But if we were brutally honest here tonight, I think we'd all have to admit that we don't always like that light, do we? Sometimes, like the dancer on the stage when I was in college who didn't know her dance so well, sometimes I think I'd prefer the dark. I'd prefer that that light not shine so brightly on me. Because being in the light, the light of God's goodness, the light of God's holiness, sometimes being in the light is pretty uncomfortable for people like me. Because nothing stays hidden. (laughs) Nothing stays hidden when that light is blazing down on you. Every corner of life is penetrated. And that can be scary, right? That light sees every act. The things that you think nobody else will see because you're all alone. That light sees it. Illuminates it. That light knows every thought within this head that you think no one else will ever know. That light knows every choice that we make. It illuminates every sin that's, that's deep within me. And so sometimes I think I prefer to be dancing in the dark. Let's just turn the spotlights off. I'll stay in the dark. And Jesus, John wrote his story, right? Jesus was the perfect dancer. He did everything right, so he loved the light. The spotlight was fine. All of God's holiness, all of God's goodness shining on him. Excellent, good, nothing uncomfortable because he is goodness. I don't dance so well because I choose darkness. I'm scared of what the light will reveal. I think a lot of us, I'll throw myself, are threatened by the light, like Nicodemus. You ever notice the, the story of Nicodemus who meets Jesus 
they point out specifically that he met him under cover of darkness. He didn't want to go during the day. The risk was too much. It was too great. So in the dark, I'll come. Jesus says, he says, light has come into the world, but men love the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. My desire to stay out of the light is my embarrassment of my sin and of my brokenness. I want to hide it. I don't want anybody to see it. Kind of like Kind of like the junk room that you have in your house, right? When, when guests are about to come over, you're cleaning your house, you run out of time, what do you do? You, you pick up the piles of junk and you throw them in the bedroom and you shut the door, right? And you trust that your guests are going to be polite enough not to go into your bedroom and open the door and see all the junk. And, and so you, they all assume your house is perfectly clean. They don't see the junk room. Well, I don't want God to see the junk room. I don't want you to see my junk room within my heart and life. And that light of God, of his goodness, will shine into every room, every corner. I don't want him to see it. And so I'm torn. I think you're with me. We're we're, we're torn. I want to be in the light because that's where God is. And I want to be with God. But I want to stay hidden in the darkness too. So, So maybe I stand close to the light and put my hand in. Maybe a foot. Maybe half of me. But not all of me. In the light, out of the light. Where do I want? John says it leaves us with two choices. Two choices. Here's what we can do. He says, first of all, your option is to stay in the darkness and pretend that you're in the light. Stay in the darkness and pretend like everything is just fine between me and God. And John, in the passage passage we just read, shows us three ways to do that. Three ways to stay in the darkness and not be in the light. He says, "You, you can deny the power of your sin. You can deny the darkness within you, right? Verse six, he says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth, right? We, we try and hold on to sin in our lives. We don't want to get rid of it. We kind of like that sin and we try to walk with God at the same time. So if I'm walking close enough to the light, maybe that's okay. I can get the best of both worlds. I can hold on to my favorite sin. I can hold on to this darkness that I, that I really like. And I can hold God's hand. Right? I can have light and darkness together. And John says, that can't be. You're just lying to yourself. Because light and darkness repel each other. They cannot be together. And God and sin repel each other. So we must choose, John says. Choose either to love God and hate that sin or love the sin and hate God. Light or dark, either or. He said we can deny the power of sin in our lives. He says we can also deceive ourselves into thinking that we have no sin. And we're we're great at self-deception. Convince ourselves that that there's really no darkness in me to, to notice. We can justify all our actions. We can explain away all our choices. And we can end up believing that that we're sin-free. 
we're, we're pretty good people, good enough to be standing in the light. I've really got nothing to hide. That's self-deception. We're kind of like the emperor in the emperor's new clothes, right? You know that tale where, where he hires the best, the best tailors around to build him a new robe for the parade. And they're, they're sewing a robe that only wise people can see. And they're not sewing anything, but he's too stubborn to say that he can't see it. And you can imagine what the parade looked like. I won't describe it for you. He deceives himself into believing what's not true. And we do the same thing. We choose to believe a lie rather than face the truth. To believe that we're good enough to stand in the light on our own. Thirdly, John says, we can either deny, we can deceive, or we can defy God. We can simply defy him. Right? Verse 10, John writes, if we claim we have not sinned, God says everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we claim we have not sinned, then we make God out to be a liar. Right? Pretty harsh words. Pretty harsh words. Well, that's a pretty harsh reality. When we claim we have no sin, we're saying we don't need Jesus. I don't need you. I don't need what you did on the cross. I don't need the empty tomb. I don't need you. We really deny God. We're right, God, I'm right, you're wrong. We're setting ourselves up to be our own gods if we deny that we have sin. We stand in defiance to God. So we have all kinds of ways, John points out, to dance around the spotlight, to dance around the light, to stay close to the light, to, to stay right on the edges but remain in darkness. Because we're scared of what the light will show us. And so we pretend that we're in the light. Maybe we stick our hand in there a little bit. We pretend like we're walking with God. But we're really stuck over here in the darkness of our sin, John says. So that's our first option. We can stay in the dark and pretend that everything's all right. Second option John gives us here. We can stop pretending. And we can step out of this darkness and step right into the light. And he says it's okay because there is a way for each of us to stand in the light without cringing, without being embarrassed of the darkness of our sin, without being so embarrassed we just want to run off the side stage. John says the, the way to do that, the way to stand in the light, is to step in by the grace of Jesus Christ says, if you're holding Jesus' hand when you step into the light, if you stand together with him, then you can step into the light in confidence, not because you're suddenly good enough, not because you're suddenly, uh, you know, worthy to be there. You can step in in confidence holding Jesus' hand because you have been forgiven by Jesus. You've been forgiven by the blood of the cross You've been forgiven by the power of the empty tomb. And you've been set free of that sin that's been within you. You've been set free of that guilt that you're so embarrassed of. And when we stand with Jesus in the light of God's goodness and holiness, God sees his children who are pure and holy because we've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees us as pure and holy. 
Our sins as far as the east is from the west, so far have they been taken away from us by the blood of Jesus Christ. But if we're going to step into the light with Jesus, then a requirement is we have to stop pretending like we have no sin. That's the paradox of grace. Right? It's only after we admit our sin that it's taken away. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us, wash us clean of all unrighteousness. And then the light shines into our lives and reveals only purity, only holiness, because we stand forgiven with Jesus Christ. John gives us that truth. And then he he answers a question for us that, that should ring through our minds. How do we know if we're truly standing in the light or if we're just deceiving ourselves? Because we're pretty good at deceiving ourselves. How can you tell the difference between someone who's pretending to be in the light and someone who truly is standing in the light? How can I tell that difference in my own life? Well, John says it's pretty easy to tell when somebody's truly standing in the light. Two reasons. He says, first of all, that they will reflect God's light. If, if they're standing in the light, not only do they absorb that light, but they reflect it to everybody around them as well. Like the moon reflects the light of the sun to us. We reflect the light of God to this world. And so verses 3 and 6 say, We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Right? We walk with Jesus in the light and the spotlight follows Jesus and, and we step into, into darkness and when we step away from him. And our lives, but when we're walking in the light with Jesus, then our lives begin to mirror his. We reflect that goodness, that he, the goodness of God that he lived out and we begin to live that out. We live in obedience to him. We live that holy life. We accept the forgiveness because we always fall short. But more and more, our lives reflect that light. Our lives show the holiness of God. Okay, so so it shows in obedience. If someone is not living in obedience to God, then you know they are stepping out of the light. Secondly, he says, we reflect the light of God's holiness in our love for each other. That's how you know that you're truly in the light when you love each other. Verses 9 and 10. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. Right? God is love. John tells us that too. God is love. His, his light shines love. And we can't help but then reflect that same love if we are standing in the light. So if we're in the light, we're going to reflect obedience. We're going to reflect love. If we're in the darkness, we're going to be living in, no matter what we say, we're going to be living in disobedience, hiding it deep within. And we're not going to be loving the way that God calls us to love. To live in the light. To live live the life that God calls us to live. Invites us to live. Is not just the absence of sin. 
I think sometimes we think, you know, being faithful to God is the absence of sin. It's not just getting rid of the darkness. Living the life God calls us to live is also reflecting the light. It's shining that light. Followers of Jesus Christ are are not people who just don't sin. But it's people who also do love and do obey. The light of God pours into the world through them. You and I are living every day of our lives on the stage of God's salvation drama. And the spotlight is shining there on that stage. So we need to ask ourselves every moment that we're on that stage, where, where are we? Are we front and center where the light is shining, standing hand in hand with Jesus? Or are we slinking off, hiding in some dark corner, hoping that, that the messiness of our lives will stay hidden? Life's a dance. We dance in the light. Or we dance in the darkness. And we can ask that question about our lives overall. Where, where is your life dancing? Are you dancing in the darkness? Or are you dancing in the light? We can ask that question every moment. As we live our lives day by day. Right? That relationship. Is the relationship I'm in with my spouse, with my friend. Is it a relationship in the light or is it one in the darkness? That contract that I'm working on. My, my, the way I run my business. Am I running the business in the light? Or am I... Doing business over here in the darkness. The conversation that, that I'm having at school, at work. Is this a conversation that, that comes from the light or the dark? My choice of entertainment. What I'm going to watch and do tonight. Is it light or dark? Financial decisions. The words we speak. All of them. Am I standing in the light? Or to do what I'm... What I'm about to do, does that mean I need to step out of the light into the darkness? Every action. Am I in the light? We can ask that question. In fact, John says, not only can we, we must. Are we living in the light? Are we dancing in the light, freed by the forgiveness and grace of Jesus Christ? Let's pray that we would continue to learn how to do that. Jesus, I thank you for allowing us and making a way for us to step into the light of the Father's goodness and holiness. Without you, we would not, we would not be invited. We would not be welcomed. We, it would not be possible for us to step into that light without being destroyed. But your work on the cross, Jesus, your great love for us and your grace that washes away our sin that washes away our guilt, makes it possible. And you, Jesus, you open your hand to us, you reach out to us, and you invite us to step into the, the warm and loving light of the Father's goodness and holiness with you, hand in hand. And so we ask that you'd forgive us. He let that light gently shine even into the junk rooms of our souls where we tuck away and hide the sins and the guilt that we've been carrying for so long. And you illuminate those dark corners and wash them clean with your forgiving blood.
is that we can stand confidently forgiven in your presence, loved by the Father, loved by you, and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming us into the light. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.